When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and they put their cloaks on them and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. I'm a big fan of words. I was an English major, after all. We think of a word's meaning as fixed or static. But words shift and change in meaning over time. There are so many examples of this. But a simple example is the word awful. It should be synonymous with the word awesome. At the root of each word is the meaning to be full of awe, that reverential mix of wonder and fear. At some point, though, the meaning of awful shifted And in today's common usage, awesome and awful are used in two very different ways. As a word person, today I think of the word Hosanna. It's a strange word, one that most of us associate with today, Palm Sunday. Or we think of it as the Lenten version of the praise word that we're not supposed to say until Easter. But what does Hosanna mean? We don't translate this word, Hosanna. We just keep it as it is. It's a Greek word from a Hebrew word. And we see it shift in meaning through scripture. Maybe that's why we leave it as it is without translating it. We would need many words to capture all that it contains. According to the Jewish annotated New Testament, Hosanna in Hebrew literally means save now. The word being a form of the word for help. It's an urgent plea. God, save us. We see it used this way in the Psalms. But in time, there's a shift in meaning. Rather than just a plea, it becomes more of a declaration, not simply save us now, it's more like salvation, salvation here, we are saved now. 
When used in a hymn to welcome a leader, it becomes a word of adoration, a word of praise for the Savior, the one bringing salvation. Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Save us, O one who came to save us. Look, our salvation is here. The weight of this one word, all of its meanings, it's the most fitting proclamation as Jesus enters Jerusalem. Hosanna carries both sorrow and joy. This is a triumphant entry. It is also a march to the cross. So this crowd that is gathered, the crowd wild with excitement, with branches and cloaks, what are they hoping to be saved from? Most likely they want to be saved from Roman occupation. The Messiah was long thought to be a political ruler. They want someone who is going to show the Romans who's really in charge. Jesus will not do what is expected, but there is a deeper unrealized truth in their words. Jesus is the one who comes to save us. He saves us from sin, saves us from the power of death, saves us from the forces that oppress, bringing salvation to all people. When Jesus enters into Jerusalem, riding into the city with a crowd gathered, cloaks and palms creating a royal path, this is Jesus declaring kingship. He is doing what kings do. Yet it also seems like a great satire of what earthly kings do. Roman generals make similar entrances. They would enter the city with their troops and their captured prisoners. They would bring their spoils of war and sacrifice them in their temples. They would wear purple robes and crowns of laurel. Jesus enters the city with a ragtag group of followers, those who have their hearts transformed and are choosing to follow him. Jesus will clear the temple of the corrupt sacrificial system. He will wear a crown of thorns, and they will cast lots for his clothing. But the biggest difference between Jesus and the Roman generals, between Jesus and every earthly ruler, is the use of power. No earthly ruler has the power that Jesus has, Yet all earthly rulers try to wield their power over others. Keep order, which is misunderstood as peace, with the threat of violence. Jesus has true power. Yet he will refuse to rule through the threat of violence. And unlike any earthly king, he brings true peace. Jesus will choose humiliation over retaliation. He will humble himself to the point of death. Jesus will willingly give up all his power on the cross out of love for all people, bringing salvation to all. Hosanna, save us. Salvation is here. It's all here in this one story. Deep sadness outstanding love, unending joy. 
as we enter this week, which means so much to our faith. I think about the events of this past week. Another school shooting, this time in Nashville. The lives of students and teachers lost. Parents who won't see their children again. When I read the news, I wasn't surprised. I'm not surprised anymore. I'm just sad. And all I can think is, Hosanna. I feel it in my soul. Help, save us, God. Save us from senseless violence. Save us from the pain we cause one another. Save us from living in fear. Save us from loving instruments of war. Hosanna. Reveal to us a different way. A way of peace. A way of nonviolence. A way of love. A way that gives up one's own power for the sake of all. During Holy Week, we enter this sacred story. We become part of the crowd that shouts Hosanna, proclaiming Jesus as King and Savior. We find ourselves among the disciples as Jesus washes the feet of his followers and we wash the feet of one another. We pray in the garden. We confront the reality of also being part of the crowd that yells, crucify him, and a disciple who denies him. Then we wait. We wait for the awfulness and the cruelty of Good Friday to break into the joy of Easter morning, to be filled with awe at the sight of God's saving love. As we enter the story, we are not simply reenacting, putting on characters, or trying to go back in time. We are inviting the sacred text, the Holy Gospel, to speak to our lives today. To show us where we need saving. To reveal the parts of our world that are violent and unjust. To guide us in loving our neighbors and becoming servants to one another. To bear witness to the pain of Jesus' selfless love on the cross, and also to be assured that because Jesus lives, we will live too. That we are part of God's new creation and God's heavenly kingdom, a kingdom of forgiveness, peace, freedom, and love is already coming to earth. I hope that over the course of Holy Week to Easter, Our hosannas shift from the plea, God save us now, to the joyful hosanna, salvation, yes, this is the way of love and life. This Holy Week, may the Holy Spirit speak through scripture and open our hearts anew. May we see the way of love and may we be transformed. Amen.